Welcome to the Arlington Street Church Podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Lights, cameras, a roaring audience, and millions of TV viewers. America and the world love, I love, reality TV competitions. <laughs> Our inner critic is on full display. Why that outfit, why that song, that choreography? And more, the opportunity to achieve a dream, to be propelled to success by a panel of celebrity judges, or that crushing moment when your favorite contestant leaves the competition. For the 47-year-old British citizen, Susan Boyle, it was her opportunity in 2009 on Britain's Got Talent. The older than most, an average-looking Susan, walked on stage and stood waiting. English television, music, and talent competition judge Simon Cowell skeptically asked her several questions. Finally, and what's the dream? Susan confidently answered, I want to be a professional singer, explaining she had never before been given the chance, and she prepared to sing. The cameras scanned the audience. Many were as skeptical as the judges. One woman covered her mouth in doubt as the music began. Susan sang out from the musical Les Miserables, I dreamed a dream in time gone by. When hope was high and life worth living, I dreamed that love would never die. I prayed that God would be forgiving. Within the first line, the audience roared and jumped to their feet. At the end, the judges exclaimed, grinning, a few holding back tears, that was the biggest surprise ever. Everybody was against you. I honestly think we were all being really cynical. And that's the biggest wake-up call ever. The video of Susan's performance now has 152 million views online. She has five records and will soon be touring the United States from her small village outside in Britain. Achieving our dreams and finding happiness is ingrained in our culture. It isn't called the American dream for nothing. From Wikipedia, the American dream is a national ethos of the United States, a set of ideals in which freedom includes the opportunity for prosperity and success, and an upward social mobility achieved through hard work. Herein lies the challenge. How do we reach for our dreams? What gives us the courage to step onto the stage and give it our all, despite the judges, our critics? At a talent show, applying for a job, taking a stand, declaring our love to speak up for something we believe in. The most challenging question for me 
Is seeking to achieve our dreams the answer to living a happy and fulfilling life? It's natural to recognize talent and achievement. I personally scour profiles released annually in Forbes or Time magazine. In these lists, you find philanthropists, business and civic leaders, innovators. I'm inspired by many. For example, the founder of Microsoft and now philanthropist Bill Gates is often listed. His commitment to tackling the world's challenges is awe-inspiring. However, I also feel challenged by others. Forbes magazine has begun releasing an annual listing of 30 under 30, a tally of the brightest stars in 15 different fields under the age of 30 years old, exclaiming this is the time to be young and ambitious. To someone who is approaching 30, or to all of us who sometimes feel that opportunity is slipping away, I feel uneasy. What am I doing? Is what I'm doing matter? Does it, sorry. What am I doing that matters? Will I get my shot at achieving my dream? As I was sitting at my brother's college graduation a few months ago, I thought back to before I began college. I was so certain I knew the answer to happiness, I wanted to be successful so that I could have everything I wanted in life. I'm guessing I'm not alone in this optimistic thinking throughout time. Yet I had no roadmap to guide me, and I didn't know where to start. In 2005, at Stanford University, the founder of Apple Computer, the late Steve Jobs, gave a commencement speech that was reduced in the media to a slogan that is the going advice on finding happiness. Follow your passion. All around us, we see others following their passion, living the dream, reflected back to us daily through magazines, newspapers, reality TV, Facebook. Cal Newport, a professor of computer science at Georgetown University, refutes this advice in his book, So Good They Can't Ignore You. In his lectures and books, he explains, American culture is obsessed with the idea that we need to find our passion in order to be happy and successful. But there's a problem. It's astonishingly bad advice. We have no pre-existing passion, he argues, that would necessarily lead to a fulfilling career. Compelling careers often have complex origins that reject the simple idea that all you have to do is follow your passion. Instead, he argues, it's about working really hard and becoming exceptionally good at something. This is how your passion develops. Systematically, over a long period, you build up a rare and valuable skill and use that skill to take control of your life and shift it in directions that resonate. He points out Steve Jobs is one such example. He was fascinated early on with computers, leading him to build Apple Computer. He stumbled at times. At one point, he was even booted from the company. Yet over his life, he developed his passion, eventually returning to the company and cementing his legacy. Cal Newport suggests and offers it's not how you get started that matters. It's what you do once you get going, shifting in directions that resonate. 
After college, I threw myself into my first job, a dream job by many accounts, trying to do as much as possible, do more, work harder, another lesson our culture teaches us. Seeking my chance to take the stage, however, not unlike the contestants on reality TV shows, I desperately wanted to know if the judges, the world would affirm me. Did my work matter? Did I measure up? My inner critic emerged. I was losing my courage to stay the course full steam ahead. What am I supposed to be doing? What dream am I actually working toward? American poet and philosopher Mark Nepo invites us, can we find the courage to listen and to follow our questions? By courage, he is referring to inner courage, quiet braveries that allow us to be touched by whatever comes our way. Inner courage begins with listening with the heart. We don't shut down with pain or overwhelming energy from another person. But how do we stay open so we can be touched by life and stay in conversation with life? Otherwise, we're just bumping around like a pinball in a pinball machine. We're reacting and trying not to fall in the holes. We're not in relationship to whatever comes our way. This was me, a pinball, bouncing around. Like many of us, I was going full steam ahead, unwilling to stop, unable to think or understand what was a mile ahead, simply dodging what was coming at me. If we are not careful, defenses build up in order to preserve the path we are barreling down, closing us off to embracing whatever comes our way, closing us off to making the most of life once we get started. Stepping back can be scary. The opposite of courage is cowardice, fear, weakness. What am I supposed to be doing? What dream am I actually working toward? To truly listen to our heart and take an account of where we are in this moment in relation to where we thought we were going, to authentically know ourselves. Mark Nepo describes this journey as facing the lion, facing ourselves. The power of our honest gaze, which remains a cleansing agent that can wash out whatever thickens within us and wash off whatever grows over us. American theologian John Neefsey speaks to the challenge of those first moments of listening to the heart. Perhaps the most complex moral challenge we face is the problem, the fear of what to do with all the aspects of ourselves that may not comfortably fit with the kind of self we aspire to be. He reminds us of Polonius's favorite, famous advice in Shakespeare's Hamlet. This above all, to thy own self be true. This is where the real work begins. I will not pretend that I have fully faced the lion, that I've stopped seeking the answers to all my questions. I'm still the pinball bouncing. What am I supposed to be doing? What dream am I actually working toward? Yet, 
I'm no longer afraid to slow down and listen to these questions. Cultivating the courage to ask these questions of myself, to embrace what may not comfortably fit with who I aspire to be. To keep going, shifting mindfully. It's not how you get started that matters, it's what you do once you get going. This is my invitation today. In the face of all the distractions, large, small critics, may we take a moment to step back, to slow down, find the courage to listen to our heart and follow our questions. Cultivate the courage to experience the quiet braveries that allow us to be touched by whatever comes our way. To know in our heart to shift in directions that resonate. Not to bounce around like a pinball, but engage in a conversation with life, with ourselves. Courage to step onto the stage and to make our voice heard and celebrate others who do the same. Those who had the courage to work really hard to become exceptional. It's not easy. I struggle, we each struggle. In Mark Nepo's words, there's no escaping the turmoil of experience, no avoiding the storms that toss us about or the light that follows. It's a paradox we all have to meet and endure. I want to close with one of Mark's poems, which encourage us to encourages us to find wisdom in the struggle. Behind the thunder. I keep looking for one more teacher, only to find that fish learn from water and birds learn from sky. If you want to learn about the sea, it helps to be at sea. If you want to learn about compassion, it helps to be in love. If you want to learn about healing, it helps to know of suffering. The strong live in the storm without worshiping the storm. This above all, to thy own self be true. It's not how you get started that matters, it's what you do once you get going. In the end, as the lights dim and the audience quiets, you are the only one who will know if you allowed yourself to be touched by life, to be fulfilled. Listen to your heart and let the questions be your guide. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a donation by checking the mail or through our website.